Thank you. Let's <laughs> let's wake up. Um, we're here for God's word. I know we're all tired from work, um, but yeah. So, hello. Um, it's a blessing to be here once again to be able to preach to you all, uh, and I'm glad that I have this opportunity. And uh, I know that, like I said, we're all feeling tired. I just ask you to give me how long? Two hours. <laughs> yeah, so uh, today's um, message, or I like to preach in uh, very simple. Um, more Today will be more of a reminder. I think that's um, what I usually preach like. Nothing too difficult for you guys, but I want you guys to just listen. And I always, lately I've always been saying to listen, but to also uh, apply. There's no use of you guys um, listening to me right now if you're not willing to actually apply the things that you learn. There's no point of the words just coming in in one ear and then coming out of the other. Um, but we'll move on. Um, <clears throat> just pray for me and my, my voice here, please. Our theme for today or our title um, that we'll be focusing on today if you are taking notes will be called The Christian Fight. So if you are taking notes, once again, the title is called The Christian Fight. Now, um, I think we all know, or I hope you guys know, but everyone here, uh, whoever, whoever you are, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, we are all soldiers for God. We are all soldiers for Jesus Christ. Uh, when we got saved, when we um, accepted him, when we bowed our head, you have just enlisted to become part of the Lord's army. As soon as you bow down your head and you accepted him into your heart, you now become part of the race, you now have enlisted in the army, and you now have are now part of the fight. Now, I think we've all heard a message like this similar, but why is this topic so important? Um, because as soon as we became Christians, I feel like, no, I know, that Satan will now treat us as his enemy, or Satan has given us his, uh, his green light, okay? He accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, he became a soldier. I'm gonna put a target on his back. I'm gonna put a bounty on him. Um, I'm going to discourage him or to try and get him out of the army. I want him gone from the Lord's army. I wanna render him useless. When you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what has happened. Uh, Satan has put that target on you. So today we will just talk about um, this, the, the Christian fight or the Christian battle, and we'll talk about our enemies or the, our enemies that can make us turn to be a bad soldier, our enemies that will render us to be useless in this fight. And I like to focus on just giving a few tips or things that I have learned. And I like to give small things that you should consider, maybe things that you haven't thought of, when you are going through your day-to-day -day lives. Because whether you like it or not, and we actually don't realize it, but once you step out of this building, once you're outside the church on Wednesday or on Sunday, when you're not here anymore, you are out in the, in the battlefield. Um, the world is there's a lot of evil things, there's people, there's places, there's things that we look at, that we see, things that attract us that we don't realize are um, 
bad for us and it's it's a battlefield out there and we need to survive and in all honesty when we're out there in our workplaces when we're out there with your friends um you are mostly alone uh, we only gather two times three times a week but the other times you're pretty much all alone by yourself unless you're with other people but especially in your workplaces i think most of us can relate that you will be by yourself you're outside alone in the battlefield. Uh, there's a, a lot to get to you when you are alone. And we have to consider different things, okay? So once again, the theme is the Christian fight or uh, things like being a, a soldier for Jesus Christ, for God. Let's all bow our heads and let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us all here for this preaching, Lord. I pray that you just... Be with me, uh, give me your wisdom, put your words in my mouth and keep me calm, Lord. And I pray that um, these words may be applied to these um, people's hearts, Lord, and that they can make a change in their daily lives, Lord. Help us to realize that we are in this Christian fight, this war against Satan, the devil, Lord. And I pray that you allow us to really do our best as soldiers for you, Lord, and that you help us to learn new things, Lord. Um, continue to be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's uh, all turn to our theme verses or our main scriptures. Can we all turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. May we all stand. Please, let's all read that together. Uh, I'm sure it's a verse that we've all seen before, read before. And as Tim said in his preaching last week, I heavily advise you guys, if you can, to use your Bible. This is your, your, your personal Bible. I know the screen is easier, but we need to get used to opening to where things are. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let's all read all together. Ready? Read. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Yeah, actually, um, because I want you guys to really digest what we just read, let's read it one more time, okay? Let's read the, the same verses, three and four, one more time. Ready? Read. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Thank you. You all may be seated. Now, these, these verses I'm going to be focusing on, so I want you to just keep that in your mind. And of course, it says there, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And like I said, we are all um, soldiers of Jesus Christ when we got saved. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Basically, no man that um, is in this war, and we are in this war, entangleth himself with the distractions, the sins, the temptations of the world. And we need to have a bigger focus on our spiritual rewards and not earthly rewards. That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier, to please God. Now, like I said, and what I've been saying, um, if, you're, if you just want to write this down, we are God's soldiers, 
And our leader is our captain, Jesus Christ. So we are God's soldiers, and our leader is the captain, Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? Of course, Jesus Christ is our leader. What do we do when there's a leader? You follow him. What do you do when there's a leader? You listen to everything he says. His word is final. If you want to be um, coordinated or organized, there should be a leader, and that Jesus Christ is our leader. Now, can you imagine this church, or can you imagine an army without a leader? If there was just hundreds of soldiers that are just left in their own um, will, if they're just by themselves doing their own thing. Oh, I think we should do this. Oh, I should do that. There's going to be a lot of conflicting opinions, but to avoid all that, we need to have a leader. And Jesus Christ is our leader, meaning um, no matter what, no matter what opinion you have, Jesus Christ and whoever is appointed in the, the church, we have to follow the leader because he has got the final authority. So us as soldiers, you being a Christian, we have to follow Jesus Christ. Um, you know, and everything that he has done, whether he, you know, when he went to the grave and then rose. Um, and one thing that I want to point out, you know, there's a lot of, or uh, people that, there's wars right now where the leaders will just sit comfortably in their own chair and instruct their army to go. Or there will be a lot of leaders that just talk, but don't, but don't actually do any of the things themselves. But I know that back then in past history, there have been leaders that have been the one at the front, or they're the one that um, starts it off. They're the leaders that lead the army. They're the ones in front. So, and that's Jesus Christ's um, example. Can you just quickly turn to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10? Um, Jesus Christ, he's the captain of us, and he's the captain of our salvation. It was through him that we were able to get salvation. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. So Jesus Christ there is the, um, our captain. He is the one that leads us. We listen to him, not any of um, maybe your peers or your own words. No, we all need to have one leader and follow that one leader. Okay. Uh, this will be point number one, our main point. But the this is the first thing that I want to go over, and point number one will be called the Christian fight. Okay. So the title was, oh, sorry, the theme is the Christian fight. But I mean, um, by point number one is, um, I guess everyone here will have a different fight to face. We're all out there living different lives. We have different enemies, different things that will attack us that may not attack other people. So um, you can just maybe write the fight. Now, like I said, yeah, we all have different fights. And what do I mean by that? Because we're, everyone here, we're all stationed in different areas. Um, Everyone here, maybe we all live in separate parts of Auckland, west, north, east, south. I'm not sure where, but you are positioned in that place for a reason. 
your position there to, um, if possible, to share the gospel around your area. Myself, we live in uh, West um, Bella Vista. We have a responsibility, or my family have a responsibility to try and maybe give tracks around my area. Also, your, your workplace. Everyone here, whether you're in a, actually even your schools, um, your workplaces, in a restaurant, in an office, you are planted there for a reason. Because you have the, I guess, the opportunity there in your places to also fight the good fight of faith, to share the gospel to every creature. Now we all have you know, different fights, we all have different experiences, and that's why I said we all will face different things and we all will have different ways to add value to God's army. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says here, fight the good fight of faith. I'll repeat, I'll repeat that. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So, yeah, like I said, when you became a Christian, you became a soldier. Um, and when you're a soldier, of course, in what we read there, you will be assaulted. You'll probably be hurt. Um, I think everyone knows, has felt maybe a verbal, uh, maybe verbally assault, um, people looking down on us, or people I know for me, I have um, a lot of my friends always look down on me because I spend the whole day in church, because I'm in, in church from nine to nine effectively, in church and they're like oh wow you have a whole day to do that why how come other people they only have two hours and so they uh, i know for me mine is more on the verbal things um where they'll get uh, they look down and they oh you have so many rules oh it's so strict why don't you you know live a little you know things like that um so like i said we have to fight the good fight of faith okay. you us as christians will be hurt We'll feel embarrassed. We'll, we'll often hide, actually, that we're a Christian or that we're going to Sunday or uh, I actually um, believe in this, but I'm not going to say it out loud because I don't want you to attack me. That's the sort of things that we think about. But, you know, like I said, we are soldiers. So when we are getting attacked, we need to have what? We need to have a defensive measure or we need to be able to hold our ground to fight back, we need to be able to to be ready to the things that um, that they say. Um, I remember there's um, someone that taught me uh, with me, and especially I think with the kids in my generation. When we're now that we're um, growing up through high school, there's a lot of uh, temptations. There's a lot of um, things. There's a lot of peer pressure a lot of things that will make you seem cool, and I'm talking about your, the, the drugs, the alcohol, the parties, and all these things. Um, and it's, I think for a lot of us, it's easy to say no, for um, maybe right now. For me, I know it was easy. Um, I was, by God's grace, I was invited to all those things back in school, but I was able to fend it off, or I was, by God's grace, I was able to stay planted 
to say no and to um, basically to um, say no to what they were giving me. And not everyone is like that. I'm not trying to boast here, but there is a um, there is a quote that someone taught me, and this is about defensive measures, okay? Things that you can do to set yourself up to be a good soldier. Things that you can do to make sure that you will not fall into sin. And they said here, um, the quote is called, 0% is better than 1%. So I'll say that again, 0% is better than 1%. Now what do I mean by that? You should aim to have a 0% probability um, to not get tempted by the particular sin. 0% is still 1%. There's still, there's um, a lot of us know what to avoid and it's pretty easy um, to maybe avoid it, but then sometimes you might actually fall for the temptation. You might fall for the sin, you might fall for that, um, that, that clutch. So 0% is better than 1%. What do I mean by that? Um, I think my example was, in this generation, I think you guys know uh, vaping. It's very common in schools. Um, people take it to school and people don't bat an eye. People will do it in class. And I've been offered, I've been offered to um, take it as well. And for me, I know that um, by God's grace, I was able to say no. It never interested me. It never, uh, I never found it good or cool. Um, but what happened is sometimes they would offer it to me and I'd feel the, the peer pressure. I would feel the, the social pressures. I'd want to fit in with the other cool kids. And so there's that thought in my mind that's coming and it's like, oh, I can't, I just, maybe, you know, I need to fit in. Otherwise, you know, they might not like me or they might stop being friends with me. You know, that thought in my head, that's the 1% talking. That's the 1% or maybe higher than that, the 5% that's telling me, oh, it's okay to do it once. But of course, we're Christians, we're soldiers. That's Satan trying to attack me. That's the 1%. The thoughts that I'm getting right now is the 1% that like, oh, I shouldn't, uh, that I should take this now. Position yourself that where you will be in a 0%, you'll have a 0% chance that you will not fall into that temptation. 0% is better than 1%. If you're, I'll use drinking as an example. Um, I know there's people that they say, uh, oh no, I, it's not, it doesn't affect me. Or I won't, you know, I don't, I've quit drinking for months now, but then they'll, they might have like a, a wine bottle from a gift from Christmas, from a work dinner. I've seen it, uh, I've, I've heard of an example regarding that where um, they, a person was uh, a drunk a long time ago, but they quit. And they were, very, they were very sober for a long time, but they got a gift from their, I think it was from a work, from a work dinner or something. They got a gift of wine. Now, if that person tried to do a 0% uh, a setup, what would he have done? He would have gotten that wine and throwing it away. That's being 0%. Yeah. But for him, he actually, he took it, he put it in his fridge because uh, it's expensive, it looks nice. Uh, I'll just 
use this as a gift for someone else. That's what he was thinking. But then after um, something happened to him, after a stressful event, what did he do? Opened the wine, had a glass. And then, you know, he now has committed that sin. The 1% um, probability of him keeping it in his fridge, the possibility there, was enough for him to fall for that sin. So, whatever is um, a sin for you, whatever is um, a temptation for you, just remember that quote, 0% is better than 1%. We need to zero out the possibility of um, a sin that um, you are likely to do. So that's us putting up a defensive measure. That's us putting something in place to say, okay, this will make me not do this particular sin. However, we cannot always be on the defensive. Uh, I think us as Christians, all we do is go to church and try not to sin. That's us being defensive. That's us putting up a wall. That's us just, you know, okay, this is my limit. I'll just stay here. Always on the defense. Always hiding behind the shield, never peeking out. So that's people, that's soldiers on the defensive. But, of course, there is no victory won. You cannot win the war if you are always on the defensive side. There is no victory won if there is no offense. If we are just doing nothing, just staying home, but are not doing anything bad, that's us being on, an, on the defensive. But we need to um, go out there. We need to be more present. You know, we cannot be content with our current lives, our current situation. We cannot stay on the defensive. We need to sometimes go out. We need to put in more effort to go on the offense and to do what God commands us. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. So, you know, that's one command. If we're um, just, I think a lot of us know how to share the gospel, but it's useless to know how to share it if you don't actually go out and share it. If we're on the defensive all the time, then we're not going to be able to do more in our Christian um, life. And I think um, this is something that I need to apply Myself, I'm very much on the defensive to try and um, not do much or to try and stay in the sideline, but there needs to be times where I need to go out there to get out of my comfort zone, to share to my friends, family, and to, I guess, put myself in a more um, uncomfortable situation. So point number one, that is the fight. We'll all get embarrassed, we'll get all get hurt, and we'll all get attacked by Satan, but like I said, we need to set up the defensive measures. 0% is better than 1%. Zero out the things, zero out the probability of you doing a sin, even if you think that you won't fall for it. Now, point number two is Satan and how he uses the world, okay? Or Satan as our enemy. Satan as our enemy and how he uses the world or how he uses his tools to attack us. So Satan and how he uses the world. Now, to be honest, it's hard to define the world, you know, the, you know, the world because 
Um, there's so many different aspects we can talk about. I can sit here and preach about a variety of things and be here for a long time because the world, you know, we know it's out for us. And it, it's a lot of, there's a lot of things in the world that's out there to attack us as soon as we step out. We're already in danger. So um, there's a general definition that I want to give. Um, Satan and how he uses the world or Satan how he uses the tools to, for him to um, distract us, for him to um, distract us from our fight. So Satan uses anything that draws our hearts away from God. You wanna, that's the general definition there. Satan uses anything that draws our hearts away from God. So Satan, he's got an arsenal of tools. He can use many different things to attack you, um, anything um, that will draw your time, anything that will draw your attention away from God will be um, Satan's um, tools. So, yeah, anything that draws away our hearts away from God. Now, the obvious thing that everyone always talks about, every, uh, we all know the common examples of um, these tools, these sin. We all know the effect of social media consumption of um, scrolling. We all know the games. Everyone knows all of these different things that we should avoid. It gets preached on and on and on 24-7. So because I'm, um, I know we all know about these things, I know that we all know that we should avoid it. But so those, um, yeah, so those are things that Satan uses that are evil. But what I wanted to focus on, because I know you guys already know that, what I wanted to focus on is Satan's tools that get us that don't really seem evil. Things that go unnoticed. Things that will, you know, like a boomerang where it can go behind you and then hit you from the back, but you don't realize what it is. We can all uh, identify the problems of our lives, the sins of our lives, but there are also things that Satan uses um, that don't seem evil, that seem normal, that seem okay. Now, I'll just go over on, on these things. So, Satan, he doesn't necessarily need to use evil things. He doesn't always need to use um, social media, drinking, drugs, and all, you know, the common examples. He doesn't need to use that to get us Christians sometimes. There's a, if you remember, Brother Michael McCurry, he said um, these um, these quotes basically Satan he's already happy he's already content with us living I guess day to day he doesn't need to keep tormenting us he doesn't um, always need to make us permanently feel sad but he's fine with us if we're just complacent if we're just um, comfortable He's fine with us not doing anything um, bad for God, but also not doing anything good for God. And I think that's a very common place that we're all at, where we're just living week by week, coming to church. Uh, we know what to do, where we're living day to day, week by week, and we're not doing anything bad for God, but we're also not doing anything good for God. And Satan is happy with us if we're just in that spot, that that um, the comfort zone. 
he's happy with us just living day to day and as we go on. Now, like I said, I want to go over some things that don't necessarily seem bad, but I'm just trying to get you guys to maybe think of these things or things that we deem important in our lives, but is actually um, bad for us, depending on how um, it affects you. So the things that take our hearts, the things that take our time, the things that we seem good, but take our attention from God. And I think one that gets overlooked and one that um, is very important to each and every one of us is uh, work. Now, okay, why work? Work is good, right? I need to provide for my family. I need to provide for my needs, for this, um, my rent, the house that I have. Work is definitely good. It is good to work hard for yourself. It is good to provide for your family. And it is great if you are a hard worker. And there's a bunch of verses. Um, can we turn to Proverbs 18:9 that support um, us Christians to be a hard worker, no matter where you are, in my in my office or whether you're working in, in just a small restaurant in construction. It is good if you are working hard. Uh, the verse says verse says there. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. So if you're you know, not trying hard in your work, if you're lazy at work, it says there, brother to him that is a great waster. So the Bible wants us to be hardworking. But I will say that work is bad when your work outranks God. When work is number one and God is number two. When your work is being prioritized over the services, over your devotions, over God, then what Pastor Adrian always says, your work becomes your God. So work is bad when it outranks God. Now, I'm not trying to um, attack anyone. I'm not. <laughs> For me, I don't know what it's like to you know, provide. But I do know that Pastor Adrian um, will say this or other people will say this. And um, they will always tell you that work should not be more important than your than God. Uh, there's a bare minimum that I think should be followed for everyone here. Um, if you want to make a change, there's a bare minimum, the starting level for each and every Christian. But that is to not work on days where the church is gathered. And I think that's a very um, easy example to know, but it's hard to follow. If you're thinking of your availability and your schedule, the absolute bare minimum is to show up and to not work on days where the church is gathered. So for you to give your availability, hey, uh, hello boss, I cannot work on Wednesday night, Friday night, or in the whole of Sunday. For me, that's what I said in my uh, job interview. I'm just going to let you know early, I'm going to let you know now that um, I cannot work from Wednesday 6 to 9, Friday 6 to 9, and sun, the whole of Sunday. They're like, oh, do you have like classes? No, I, I, I was said I have um, church and I cannot afford to miss it. And they know early that and they never book me on those times. So on the Wednesday night, um, because of this, Friday because I'm the choir director, and then um, Sunday because we have church. That is just, that's not, I'm not trying to flex it or thing, but that's, to me, that's just the bare minimum. We should be able, or we should 
focus on gathering when we're meant to gather. If you're going to miss um, preaching, you have you know less of a chance to be convicted or to learn about something or for something for some of your questions to be answered. Um, you know where we're delaying our spiritual growth, and that's not just for working. The same thing for um, that I've seen is for students. Us as us students as well, we should not be missing church because I have an exam the next day. I have, um, you know, this important event in my school. That's not um, a right excuse for us to miss the services. Um, because well, in reality, we know that we can put in more time. We don't have to take up the time that, or we don't have to take up God's time. We have to make sacrifices for you to, you know, um, for your study. So you have to be careful with these things. If, you, if you're going to take anything or one big change from today, just change your availability. And, you know, um, like I said, work is good, and it's good to work. And if you, but if you are afraid of your bills, or your, um, you know, for food, for water, and all these things, remember the verse in Matthew 6:33. I think a lot of us have um, memorized this off by heart, Matthew 6:33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Does it? Did it say but seek ye second, or but seek ye after, you know, your work or when you have time? No, it says there but seek ye. First, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Um, that is our main priority as soldiers. That is our number one thing here on earth. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you're afraid of your bills not getting paid, if you're afraid of these things not being provided to you, it says there, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you're truly seeking God and he is your main priority and you're putting him above all else, about however you feel, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. If he is first, what does it say there at the end? And all these things shall be added unto you. If you're worried about your expenses and all these things, it says there that God will provide it. And all these things, all your worries, all of your financial worries, your provisions, all these things will be added unto you. But there's a requirement or prerequisite, which is, but seek ye first. Not but seek ye when you have time, or but seek ye when you feel like it, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, to be honest, um, half the battle is showing up, <laughs> honestly. Half the battle is showing up to the services. That's like the, the main thing. And it's very important that we um, show up. If you know, If you're soldiers, do they go to battle when they're, when they're free, when they feel like it, when life is comfortable. No, they're going to go out there no matter what. The soldiers will go out there, even if they're feeling tired, even if they had a night shift the night before. They will go out to war um, whenever they can. So they show up because their commander commands them to. They show up because they have a duty to Phil, can you imagine soldiers like right now if there's a World War III, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm busy, I have an event, or I don't feel like going. 
No, you'd want your soldiers to go out to defend. And that's the same thing with us. If we're avoiding church because of, oh, I'm, I'm working, or sorry, I'm, I'm busy, you know, it's not an acceptable excuse for God. And I think we all know that. And also, I think a few people also try and meet halfway. Um, and I, I've probably, I've definitely done this in the past where they will do, oh, I went to service in the morning. But then in the afternoon, evening is when they'll probably miss the evening service because they're working. So I want you guys to just think of, is this, is this really correct? Is, does, God like, is, does God like what I'm doing? So uh, I kind of went over time on that. So like I said, Satan and his tools, we all know the obvious ones, but there are also things that seem not as obvious and that the most common one is uh, your work. Now, um, there are other things that um, God has. And if you want to ask yourself, there's, I guess, like a checklist that you can follow. If something, a hobby that you like or a thing that you are doing, you need to ask yourself these questions if God will approve. Um, can we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31? Now, we all know the really the obvious bad things as usual. But if we're going to think of, let's say, a hobby of yours, and it says there, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Um, if you, is it, Does your hobby or whatever you're doing or whatever thing that is taking up your time and whatever, if you're, I guess, missing church because of the thing, Ask yourself, is what I'm doing to the glory of God? Does this follow um, God's glory? Does this glorify God, what I'm doing? If the answer is no, then you should probably have a think that, oh, okay, then I probably should not be doing this. I should not um, miss church because of this. Or, um, another question that you can ask, is um, can I ask for God's blessing on this thing? Uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, please. Proverbs 10, 22. Says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. So if your hobby or whatever you're going to buy, a new phone, a new car, can you ask the divine blessing on it? Can you ask for God's blessing on it? Or will, or will you feel a bit guilty that like, oh, maybe I don't think he should multiply this. I don't think that he should um, give me more of this because it might take up my time. It might take up more of my effort. So ask yourself these simple questions. Is this to the glory of God, whatever this thing I'm doing? Um, or can I ask the divine blessing on it? And lastly here, um, number three, does this hobby or is this thing that I'm doing, is it a stumbling block to other people? Uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 21, please. Romans 14, 21. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine, 
nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Um, one thing that we always look over is our testimony. If whatever you're doing, um, if other people can see what you're doing, will it be a stumbling block to you? Will it be a bad testimony for you? Will it discourage um, people from Christianity? Will it discourage people to go to church if they see you doing what you're doing? If I were to partake in, like I said, back in high school, if I were to copy my friends and do the vaping and do the drinking and all these things, would that be a blessing to them? No, it would give a bad example because, oh, he's a Christian, but he still does the same things that we do. That would make it not likely for them to come to church. You need to be um, a living example as us as soldiers. Uh, we need to be a living example, one that um, other people can be proud of, one that people can um, talk good about. But if what you're doing becomes a stumbling block, if whatever you're doing is, it might not even have to be a sin, if people see you doing it, will they be blessed? Or will they, ooh, I'm not, I, I thought that they can't do that, or I thought that um, they shouldn't do that. Can Christians do that? Now, if, if other people, your friends and your family are questioning things from you, then it's bad on our part as soldiers. And, you know, it's very hard for them to share the gospel to them if, um, basically, if um, whatever we're doing becomes a stumbling block to other people. Now, um, the second part here, and uh, just really quickly, is... I wanted to focus on, so we focused on the enemies of Satan and how he used um, his tools, the things that he used. But now I want to focus on, for us as soldiers, how we can be a good soldier. And of course, if we go back to our main text um, in First Timothy, uh, Second Timothy, sorry, Second Timothy 2, 3, and 4, what did it say there? It said there, 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And so point, uh, I guess, um, sub-point A on how we can be a good soldier is verse number 3. Be willing to endure hardness for God. And this ties in with my point of, I guess, um, always being on the defensive, always being comfortable. No, we cannot stay comfortable. We need to, it says there, thou therefore endure hardness. We need to be willing to endure hardness for God. Like I said, this ministry, us as Christians, is not, it's not easy. We all know that we should take a step forward. We all know that we should um, not just do the easy things of the ministry. No, we need to get slowly more uncomfortable to slowly go out there to do more work for God. Um, or we need to not just focus on the simple to do things of the church or to, oh, I don't really want to step up or I don't want to um, do a preaching because I'll be embarrassed. I'll do this instead. I think a lot of us find an easy alternative. No, we need to do things that will take up our time uh, with purpose 
do the things um, that take up your time and your effort for God and one that will be hard for you because we need to be willing to endure hardness for God. Um, preaching here is not easy, especially I remember when I first preached, I did not want to do it. Uh, I did not want to public speak. I did not want to stand up here in front of everyone and to preach for a long time. That did not, you know, that was never a thought or that was, as a kid, that was never, I was never thinking, I want to preach. No, I always wanted to be part of the IT. I just wanted to sit there in my laptop and do the e-sword or um, actually even with the piano. I didn't want to do the piano either. But what happened there? No, I, need, I um, needed to push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, I was pushed by my family. I was pushed by Pastor Adrian. No, you need to... Uh, you need to preach more, you need to study more, you need to try your best for God. And now, for me, by God's grace, years later, preaching becomes more normal to me. It's um, less difficult than, I, than it was back then because I was pushed to do the more hard things. I was pushed out of my comfort zone so I get comfortable. And so that's the same thing. So to be willing to endure hardness for God. So that's relation to the ministry. But going out there as well and maybe um, preaching the word or to share the gospel, I think um, for me, um, the hard, I've always, I always found alternatives. Uh, oh, that's, that's too hard. I'll do this instead. I think for me, a common example back then was um, um, door knocking was hard, as in going up to the door and knocking. I'm not good at that. I'll just do letterboxing because that's easy. Oh, I don't have to talk to anyone. I don't have to, um, you know, I chose, there's a lot of times when I chose the easy path, but that's me not willing to endure the hardness that God has given me. That's me accepting the more easy things for um, God. So let's not find an alternative. We need to, you know, really push ourselves to endure hardness, meaning um, to step up, and I think, um, especially for the men, um, and especially in the men's meeting, we've all been preaching there for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, but when pastor has tasked us to preach up here, it's our, you know, the men's meeting was the training ground, and here is, I guess, the application for us to actually grow, to preach properly, that is us going up and uh, enduring hardness for God, don't be satisfied with just being a person that attends on Sunday. Don't be satisfied with just showing up. That's never a good place to be. Um, we need to be more uncomfortable as pastor, maybe, oh, um, pastor, how can I help? What can I do? Um, what can we do? I do to improve myself to be a better soldier for Jesus Christ? I never really chose to take on take over the youth or take over the um, the music ministry I never chose those things and if you were to I guess if there's an offer on the table I the flesh would want me to say eh, no I don't really want to do it but um, by good influences and by the people pushing me and by God's grace he pushed me or he allowed me to endure the hardness I've learned many lessons and being put in a leadership role, and I'm not um, I'm not proud of a lot of the things that I've done. I've messed up a lot, or 
There'd be um, times where I'd sacrifice quality in my role, but that's b bad on my part. I think for me, sometimes with the choir, um, I know that the quality is not as high as I hoped. Or there'd be a practice, I'm like, it's good enough. It's, it's okay. Or, you know, maybe the parts, I'm like, oh, maybe I think they can definitely be better. But I'll be like, we're running out of time. Soprano, you know? I've, always, I've done that a lot of weeks, but that's definitely bad on my part. And that's me just going the easy way out. Or that's me um, letting the flesh take over and me saying, oh, I don't want to endure hardness for God. I don't want to, uh, you know? So, but that's... Um, what I need to do is to get more uncomfortable, to just keep pushing on with my role. Um, with the youth now, it's, um, you know, I think with Brother Matthew stepping down and uh, Timothy supporting, it's definitely become harder on me and Levy as on the leadership positions. It's um, not definitely not easy, but that in itself is a blessing. We are both enduring hardness for God. We're able to do our work as um, a soldier. And last, lastly here, the last point here that I wanted to focus on is something that Brother Micah, M Micah McCurry, um, the evangelist, something that he taught me or uh, a quote that he gave me in Levy um, is the quote is just two words and it's called, uh, the quote was default aggressive. And I, when I heard that, I was like, what does that even mean? The quote there, um, so I'll say it again, is default aggressive, meaning your defaults or your, um, your resting mood, your resting state, or how you're living your day-to-day -day life when you're out there should be a default aggressive and not like physically aggressive or verbally aggressive, but it's you finding, always finding opportunities, always on the lookout, always finding opportunities to battle, to share the gospel, always trying to find that opportunity to share the gospel to that little chink in the armor that you can, um, an or like, like an opportunity that you can take. If there's a person that um, you're one-on-one -on -one with, that's already an opportunity. If you're default aggressive, then you would be more, you're thinking, okay, how can I, turn a conversation to the gospel? How can I um, make this person answer my questions relating to the gospel? If that's what you're thinking, that's the resting state of being default aggressive. Or I guess if you're finding, if you're doing things that are, um, that maximize your efforts for God, I think, uh, I'm, I'm not sure now, but I was blessed by Atiti back then when I would pick up my mom and pick up her. I'd pick up everyone <laughs> from my home. Um, what I'd see is we would meet in the in a BP gas station. That's just our meeting spot. And she is a walkable distance from that gas station. Now, what I saw from her um, on some days is while she's walking, while she's crossing the road, she's giving out tracks as she's walking, you know, while she's um, coming to us. She can easily just, you know, walk and just go to the car and then that's fine. But um, from what I saw, 
you can see her like we're waiting for her, and you can see her like traveling or you know going a different routes to give the gospel track to the different people that is default aggressive she found a slot in her day where she can give out tracks when she um yeah it fit it fitted in her schedule it fitted in her um commute to go to the car why not do it so that's why that's why uh, i remember that's a good um example there um my dad uh, yesterday um i'm not sure how it went but he told me uh, we had visitors over we had people come over and then um it was just it's just originally meant to be a dinner socializing but then he was also like hey adrian where's the um the choir box my bible is in there i'm going to show the gospel that's him think that's him being default aggressive this is an opportunity to share the gospel this is an opportunity for me to be a soldier this is an opportunity to do what god told me to do um to share the gospel so that that point there or that quote there default aggressive we need to be thinking in a way that's like oh i can do something here i can probably uh, make something happen i need to ask god for help and then try and figure out a way that i can um share the gospel i know there's also like even just i remember pastor howell does in every public transport that he takes he's he's not even giving it out to people the tracks to people sometimes he just leave it in the seat so you can tell that he he's thinking of god he's thinking of doing the work uh in his resting state he's just um he's just placing it in a seat it's not anything hard he's going to the place anyway so why not just drop a gospel tract so that's him. if you're taking public transport that's also another thing you don't even have to give it out to other people just uh, i'll leave it in my seat and hopefully you never know someone will pick it up there are people in this church that are a fruit of a random gospel um tract i know brother lawrence and sister ann they found a sister uh, they found a tract just near a bus stop in the ground and it's wet and it's messy they found a gospel tract and but they on the back it said mount zion bible baptist church and then the church's number can you imagine if that person that had the tract didn't go out if that tract wasn't there then there'd uh, be people that wouldn't be here because they've invited um they've invited people to the church um, our neighbors they wouldn't be here because they wouldn't have known of mount zion bible baptist church if that tract wasn't there so because those people were default aggressive or they found or they did those small things they're able to in turn invite people to church so that's all that i have for today we need we have the christian fights we need to be a good soldiers um to endure hardness and to um really think about the defensive measures the measures that we have to say no um just giving a small recap 0% is better than 1% we need to zero out the the sin the zero out the temptation so yep uh point number 2 was to realize satan and how he uses the world we all know about the obvious bad things but anything that takes away your time your heart and your effort away from god even if it's not necessarily a bad thing like i said work we need to be careful um so if um 
if God spoke to you today, I hope that you can do at least one thing that I've talked about. If um, you're still maybe working on those church days, I advise you to just maybe um, think about it, talk to your boss. Hey boss, I need to change my availability. Um, I, I can't be missing church because, you know, you're missing out on an opportunity of blessing. You're missing out on the opportunity of doing more for God. And if you're worried about all these things, remember Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So um, just be careful out there as soldiers. When we go out there, as soon as we exit the building, we're already out in the battlefield. We're already out in a place of um, temptation and hardness. So we need to be careful. Let's all uh, bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the preaching today about the Christian fight and how we need to be a good soldier, Lord, that follows you. And to be careful about our enemy, Satan, and the tools that he uses to attack us, Lord. I pray that you just give us your wisdom to fight this good fight of faith. And I pray that you um, allow us to make changes in our lives, Lord. I pray that we can apply um, new things in our lives that we can um, do more for you, Lord. If we need to make changes, Lord, allow us to stick to it, Lord. If there are people here that were convicted, Lord, I pray that they may be able to make a change. I pray that they don't just take this as just another preaching, Lord. I pray that they can make a change that um, they will make in their day-to-day lives, Lord. Allow us to um, stay um, as a default aggressive, Lord, and to allow us to endure hardness for you, Lord. Continue to be with us now for the rest of the night. I pray that you bless us now, Lord, and for the rest of the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.